What would it be like to suffer a heart attack or a stroke or any other cardiovascular incident? Many of us have experienced it, but many of us haven't. And for those of us who are physicians, it's often important to hear what a patient has to say about the experiences they had. And maybe we can learn from it. And that's why today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Jessica Cross. Jessica Cross has written a book about her experience suffering a stroke. And Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the program. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. No problem. Tell me a little bit about your experience. Tell me the story about what happened to you and kind of from a patient's perspective, you're very educated on it now, but at that point, what was going on? Me and my daughter, I was taking my daughter to an audition and I kind of felt kind of like hot and stuff like that. And after a little while, you know, I began to sweat and everything. And a lady that was, you know, in the back of me, she got up and she came and just came to see what was wrong with me and she asked me was I okay and stuff and I, I to me I I thought I said and you know, I thought I was talking well to her but apparently I wasn't to where she felt like you know she needed to call the ambulance and stuff like that. Once the ambulance came and got me, um, they took me to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, they ran um, I think it was a CAT scan on me, and um, after that they was like they didn't find anything wrong. And so they was like, they told my sister and my husband, she can go home. And when my sister and my husband tried to get me, get dressed and get me up and stuff like that, I guess my body was kind of like, you know, leaning and stuff like that. I wasn't able to, you know, hold, uphold my body. And so my sister said, wait, wait right here. I'm going to go back to the doctors because something is wrong with you. She went back to the doctors and she told me, she said, look, my sister will not leave here until you guys figure out what's wrong with her. When she went back to the doctors, they was all saying, like, no, there's nothing wrong with her, and the nurses, I think. And it was like, well, okay, we'll have her to uh, get down and, and have her to walk, and we'll see what's wrong with her. My sister and my husband, they did that. They they told me to get down. And once they told me to get down and walk in the hallway, I began to feel weak on my right side of my body. After that, you know, they was like, okay, we're going to let her, we're going to admit her to the hospital, but she was still a neurologist. I think it was, I went in there Friday. I think they said I would see him Monday. So it was like three days I was in the hospital, and they didn't know what was wrong with me. The neurologist checked me out. He did an MRI, and then he, you know, discovered that I had had a stroke. And after that, that's when the medical attention was better. So those things happened, and obviously you were going through it and you're experiencing it. And when that happened, I know from your story that at some points, there might have been things that could have been done quicker, could have been recognized earlier. And I think you make a really good point when you talk about how someone at your age, I think you were 35 when this occurred, at 35 years of age, yeah. a lot of us as physicians don't really think about it. We don't think as much about cardiac issues and stroke and those things as we should. And it might be something that leads us to, to maybe miss a diagnosis or at least delay the diagnosis. Yes. And the fact that I was in the hospital for three days, that did something to my heart because I was like, oh, my goodness, I could have, you know, I could have been gone. I had mercy on my life. And the fact that I was 35 years old, I don't think they really took into consideration everything that a stroke patient could, should, you know, go through the symptoms and stuff like that. I think they was more so looking at, you know, oh, she's not in this age, so we won't look for these signs and stuff like that or for a stroke. But I really think that they need to be more aware of signs of a stroke or a heart attack and stuff 
for people of all ages because I was mentoring to parents of, um, that I knew of this, of, this, of this young boy. He's 10 years old, and he ended up having a stroke, you know, just at 10 years old. And then I know another lady who's 28 who had a stroke, and she did some. And my story was similar to hers. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough. I'm with Jessica Cross talking about her experiences. So you, it was a neurologist, I guess, who came in who ultimately made the diagnosis and let you know what was going on. Yes, he said that I had a, make sure, a hemorrhag- hemorrhagic stroke mm-hmm. you know, in my left eye. And then uh, in the back of my left eye, I was bleeding. So for three days, I just bled in, in, in my head and I didn't, I didn't know I, that I had a stroke. So tell me a little bit, when that happened, you obviously then had to go into a rehab process because one of the things about stroke is, I mean, it's important. If you get into rehab and you get it fast, you can you can make good recovery, but you had to go through that, and there's no rushing that. What was some of the techniques given to you to try to, you know, to help get back on your feet, so to speak? I was basically in a wheelchair, and when they got ready to perform therapy on me, it was about me standing up. It was about me walking. It was about them exercising my right leg. It was about me having a brace on my right leg because I couldn't maintain the stability of it. I couldn't hardly move my right arm, so they had me work out my right arm. I forgot what therapist that is, but it was where I did like arm exercises and stuff like that. And not only that, I had speech problems. I didn't know that the way I was talking wasn't the normal way that I talk, you know. In my mind, I was like, I'm I'm speaking clearly. But to everybody else, I was talking very slow and stuff like that. So they ended up giving me speech therapy. So I had all these different therapy going on, physical, occupational, speech. And I stayed in the hospital, in the therapy hospital, for um, about two and a half months. And then after that, I began to receive home therapy. Tell me a little about the home therapy, because I think that might be where you started kind of, let's say, putting your hands to the keys or pen to paper, that sort of thing. <laughs> when I got home, you know, I ris- I still wasn't like 100% ready to walk. My arm stuff, the mobility in my arm was not all the way there. They just gave me enough therapy so I can be able to do things for myself as far as get dressed and stuff like that. But when I got home, the occupational therapist began to work with me on some exercises and she asked me if I had a computer, and I told her, I said, yeah, I have a computer. And she said, I want you to type something on the computer every day, like ABCs, one, two, threes, I don't care what it is. And to me, in my mind, I was like, I would be bored, you know, just typing anything. And so that's where the, the cross lines, what lies buried within the heart, came to be born at. You know, I just decided that I will write a book with, because that will be something that I can do every day. And it will be a long period of time that I, I can do that. So tell me a little bit about the book. What's the story? The story is about a, a married woman. She has everything, you know, the wonderful husband who has a good job. She has a good career. She has a house and stuff, and she has everything but the sounds of children. And within the marriage, I think it becomes difficult because they try to talk about having kids and stuff like that. But I think the husband is more so focused on his job. And Sandra goes and finds herself in the arms of a younger man. So there's a little bit of intrigue and romance and, and a lot of issues mm-hmm. there. And the, but that all came out of the fact that you were doing something to try to more or less make 
rehab interesting? Make rehab interesting and the fact that my creativity, my mind, you know, began to be more creative while I was writing this story. When I first started typing on the computer, I was like, I was lost. I didn't know where to put my hands on the computer or nothing like that. And I think it was my cognitive abilities began to increase more and more and more every time I began to, you know, type different chapters, certain chapters in the, in, in the book. And it just got better. And, you know, that's taking a negative and really turning it into a positive. You think about it, I mean, you'll always have that book. You'll always have the memory of what you went through. But at the same time, you'll always have that book, too, of something that, that was important, I think. And I know you, you reach out to other people and you try to talk to other people and work with them. Is this kind of a, a talk that you give to try to inspire other people? I'm very open about me having a stroke. You know, if you visit me on, on social media, I am Jessica R. Cross on any of the social medias. I'm always saying that I'm a stroke survivor. This is some of the signs that you have to look for when you have a stroke or when someone reaches out to me, like on Facebook, they want to know, hey, I had a stroke. How did you get through it? Through the stroke, I mean, I'm always telling my story to everyone so I can be of help. What do you think are the biggest barriers? I mean, you have a chance to talk to physicians here in primary care today. What are some of the biggest barriers physicians have that maybe we'd be better providers in this situation If, from your perspective as a patient? <laughs> to be honest, I think the barrier will be communication. You know, communicate with your patient. Like if they're telling you there's something that's is the matter with them, something that's wrong with them, you ought to just listen to them and just really take precaution into what procedures need to be done. That's the one thing I would say will be a barrier for anyone that's in my situation. The other thing is, we didn't really talk much about it, though, to have the, I guess, the strength, or the, the fortitude to fight back. I know there isn't much choice when you got an issue like this, you want to fight back, but you almost have to feel it's unfair that, you know, at a young age, you know, you know, best years of your life, something like that would set you back for a while. I did feel like, why did this happen to me? But in the same token, I'm the type of person that in my mind, I have a strong mind. So in my mind, I, you know, I was like, I'm going to make it through this. You know, I have my family that's dependent on me. I have to get back to work and stuff like that. So that was the main thing that was in my mind. Like, when, even when I was going through my physical therapy, I'm exercising, but I'm trying my best. You know what I'm saying? I think it's in a person that's within somebody, you know, just to be strong-minded like that. You know, no matter what you're going through, you know you're going to make it through this. You're going to be okay. We only have about a minute or so left, and obviously I think you've made some good points for our audience. But going forward, what lessons have you learned from this, and what do you take forward You know, for the rest of your life? Obviously you're a stronger person because of it, but what, what do you take out of it? My creativity, because I've written a book, you know, and I, I didn't know that I had the creativity that I had to write the book. And just me taking that time, even though it was a tragic event that happened, I try to turn that into a positive event, and I just looked at it like, you know, I learned more about myself. I learned that I can do a lot of things by myself. I learned that working on my creativity and stuff, and that's just it. I complete a whole book from the whole trial and tribulations that I went through of, of going through this stroke and the healing process of going through the stroke. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. The book is Cross Lines. 
what lies right. buried within the heart, and I'm sure it's available probably in all the, the, the regular places, Amazon and the others, I'm sure, but other books in the future? Uh, yes. Matter of fact, I'm still doing my therapy. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> typing up my second book, Cross Lines 2, which should be out later on this year. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll have a movie deal soon. I hope so. Jessica Cross, thanks for joining us on Primary Care Today, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash primarycaretoday. You can download the podcast. You can learn more about the series. Thank you for listening and being a part of the knowledge.